parent who save and go to church, but you make sure that they come to church. And I appreciate that. I, again, I want to say to you that right now, I believe that as the American church and as the American family, probably the most critical and the most important challenge that we're facing is whether or not the next generation is going to walk in the Lord and know the Lord because we've passed the baton. I believe it has never been more challenging, and I believe that today's families face greater challenge than we've ever faced. You know, imagine we're living uh, in a generation that with a child with a phone in their hand can access every kind of vulgarity, filth, perversion, everything imaginable in the privacy of their own room without their parents ever knowing anything about it. As Josh McDowell said, this is the first generation that's more being more influenced by things outside the home than what's happening inside the home. Today we have a generation, and I want you to hear me clearly. The average young person today will spend at best one to two hours in any kind of religious service. But they will spend 30 to 40 hours on some kind of electronic device, iPad, iPhone, or whatever. Who do you think going to win? Who do you think going to have the greatest influence? Who do you think going to have the greatest input in their lives? I'm preaching this. I'm preaching this as if I'm speaking to my children, my grandchildren, my, my son-in-law, my, my, my relatives, because I, I want them to hear this carefully, this message today. Um, some message I believe has become, for me, the most passionate and most important message that you'll hear. I want you to hear this one today. In my 23 years of pastoring, there's probably nothing that has challenged me more than any other area than this one thing that I'm talking to you about today. One of the most discouraging and sometimes challenging issues to deal with as a pastor is to see children who you watch born here, grew up in the church here, but have no faith and no desire for the Lord. Why is that? Ron Luce wrote a book titled it, A Graduation Evacuation. That the average young person today, by the time they reach high school and graduate, they no longer have any faith in God and they leave, they, they leave the church. It is, it is probably the greatest crisis that the church in America is facing today. And that's why... I say to every parent who worked, prayed, struggled to make sure your child had a godly upbringing, a godly, been in godly environment, I applaud you, I champion you, and I want you to know God says your labor is not in vain. It's going to be rewarded. Can I have an amen? And so I want to share with you, I may not even finish this message, but I'm going to speak to my heart, and I want you to hear carefully. Hear me, everyone here, that know Jesus and have a faith in God, then we have a responsibility before the Lord to make sure that the next generation know the Lord. Can I have an amen? Even if you're we have a responsibility to impart what we have. We can't die with it on the inside. Can I have an amen? And so if it's going to happen, hear me carefully, 
The first thing that it has to start is we have to start with a vision for our children. We have to have a vision. The Bible said without a vision, the people perish. Let's put it on, put it on the screen. Very popular scripture. Proverbs chapter 29, verses 18. Put it on the screen. It's on your handout. Where there is no vision, read it, read it out loud. Where there is no vision, the people perish. But he that keepeth the law, happy is he. Now hear me carefully. One of the challenges is that in the church world, we often have the wrong vision, often for our children. If I were to ask the average person who's a parent or grandparent, what is your vision for your child? What would you say to me? Well, I want them to finish school. Well, I want them to get a good job. Well, I want them to be happy. Do you know when parents, Christian parents, are interviewed and say, what is their greatest desire for their children? Do you know that on the top of the list, I want them to be happy. I want them to get a good education. I want them to, to, to get a good job. Do you know that often on the bottom of the list, I want them to make a mark for you, have a faith in God. I want them to be passionate about Jesus. I want them to make a mark for Jesus Christ. And one of the reasons why we're losing or we're not effectively training the next generation is because we often start out with not having a, a right vision. Understand this. Listen to what the Bible says in Malachi chapter 2, verse 15. It says, didn't the Lord make you one with your wife in body and spirit? Or, and they are his. And why, did he, why does he want, and I'm, I'm sorry, and what does he want? Godly children from your union. So guard your heart and remain loyal to the wife of your youth. And it goes on to say, for the Lord hates the voice. Understand this clearly. Anybody who's a parent here, God's goal for your family, God's goal for your children is that they be godly. Say that with me, that they be godly. I don't care. Listen, it, it, they can graduate with a Ph.D. They can become the president of the United States, but if they die and go to hell, you failed as a parent. God's goal, say God's goal, is that they be godly. And you and I need to understand that should be at the top of our list more than, more than anything else, that God, that our children would know the Lord. And so this is what he said. He said that the children, it says in Psalms 78, that listen, that, 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 we will not hide these truths from our children. We will tell them to the next generation about the glorious deeds of the Lord, about his power, about his mighty wonders. Let me ask you a question. Do your children know your, your testimony? Have you told them about how did you come to the Lord? Have you told them about how did you have a, an encounter with Jesus Christ? Because let me just tell you, if you haven't passed on your faith, you can't, it's not just going to happen by chance. You got to be intentional about sharing your faith, about praying so that they'll have the same faith that you have. One of the, one of the reasons why we're losing a generation is because we have not been intentional or passionate about passing the baton of faith. They need to know that you weren't always saved. Can I have an amen? They need to know that you used to be in the clubs. Can I have an amen? They need to know that, yeah, you, you tried drugs and alcohol and it didn't satisfy. Sometimes we fail to tell them. Yeah, they need to know. You know, sometimes we want to pretend that we've always been saved. We've never been lost. But the devil is a liar. Come on. How many you know you got to let them know that Christ came to redeem sinners? 
And we need to let them know and be real that the fact that, listen, that you know what? If there's any good in me, it's because of Jesus Christ. It starts with a vision. If we don't have a vision for our kids, I want to tell you, the Bible said without a vision, the people perish. I want to ask you a simple question. What is your vision for your children? I get this all the time. I ask parents, well, what is your vision? Is it just so that they finish college? Is it just so that they get a good job? I mean, how many you know they got a lot of people who are going to be in hell, going to get a good job and, and finish college? But do they know Jesus? Do they have a passionate love for the Lord? Are they fulfilling their destiny? Are they making a mark for God? That is the most important decision, and that is the most important vision that we could have for our children. Can I have an amen? The average child, what do they want to do? Well, what, ask, them, ask them, what do you want to become? What do you want to do with your life? We got to once again install in them that the most important thing in life is loving God. Isn't it me? Listen, it doesn't matter. Listen, they could be a doctor, but how many of they're going to be God's representative in the medical field? They could be a lawyer, but they're going to be God's representative in the law field. They could be, they could be a mechanic, but they'll be God's representative in the automobile field. You need to let them know that whatever skill, whatever gifts, whatever talent, you're an engineer, you're only an engineer to represent God in the engineering field. How many of you know they're first and foremost created by God and for God? And unless they put that first, everything else in life won't make sense. Come on, say, I'm created by God and for God. And if they're going to ever discover their purpose, he must be central and at the forefront. And the reason why we have so many who are confused today is because we don't keep God central. We got to begin to put him central. This is what T Timothy is one of the first first generation Christians in the Bible Timothy had a father who was a Gentile. We don't know. It doesn't appear that he was a Christian. But the Bible tells us that he had a godly mama and he had a godly grandmama. So you see that, that, that doesn't give you an excuse. Somebody said, well, if my husband were doing this, then I would do this. No, listen to me. Timothy became one of the greatest leaders in the early church. As far as we know, he didn't have a godly father. But he had a mama. And listen to what it says about him. It says in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 15, you have been taught the Holy Scriptures from, the ch from a childhood. And they have given you wisdom to receive salvation by that comes from Jesus Christ. It also says later on in Timothy that, Timothy, I'm convinced that the faith that was in your grandmother, that in Lois, in, in, is in your mother Eunice, is now also in you. How many know faith can be transferred from generation to generation? I want you, it's like passing a baton. How many know we got a responsibility to make sure that the fire of God is in you is also passed on to the next generation? Somebody say amen. Don't die with the fire on the inside of you. You got to give it away. Secondly, I say it the, the way it is. I said, here, here's point number two. How many of you want to win your children to Christ? Now I'm going to shock you. Look at me. Stop bringing them to church. I said it. Stop bringing them to church. There's nowhere in the Bible it tells you to bring your children to church. That's why they're so messed up. Because you've just been bringing them to church. I got you. 
There's nowhere in the Bible it tells you to bring your children to church. Go ahead, search it. Google it. You'll never find it in the Bible. If you stop bringing them to church and start being the church, we'll win our children. I'm going to say it again. If you'll stop bringing them to church and you'll start being the church, you'll win them for Christ. The problem with so many of our children is that most of their life they've been brought to church, but church was never in them. Listen to me. If church ain't at home, it ain't going to happen in here. Because church, listen, because we got a misunderstanding. Church is not where I go. Church is who I am. Stop bringing them to church and start being the church. You are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a, a peculiar people who've been called out of darkness into his marvelous light. Let me just say, we come to the house of God and worship because that's what church people do. But I, we don't go to church. We are the church. Can I have an amen? And when we begin to renew their mind and listen, if I don't have church at home, then I'm certainly not going to have church on Sunday morning. And we got a whole generation who go to church. But they've never learned to be the church. And hear me carefully. If you're not being the church at home, I want to tell you, I don't care. You can sleep in this building. Nothing magical is going to happen. Can I have an amen? So if we want to train the next generation, I have it. You want to say, we got to give them an example to follow. Ephesians 5, 1 says, watch what God does and then you do it. Like children who learn proper behavior from their parents. Hear me, hear me, every parent, every grandparent. Look at me. Your children are not going to do what you say. They're going to do what you do. If you're lustful, they're going to be lustful. If you're angry, they're going to be angry. If you gamble, they're going to get, let me just say, I don't care how much you say, don't do it. Listen to me, it's, it's, it's nothing magical. You got to first allow God to do it in you. Listen, church, if you don't love God on, at home on Monday and on Tuesday, let me just say, I don't care if you come to church this one Sunday morning. It's not going to happen. You got to first love God on Monday and Tuesday, on Wednesday. Let me just so when you come here, they're excited because let me just church, this is just the expression of what we did all week long. We got a facade of Christianity. I'm so, I, I, I'm, I'm so sick of folks who, 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 who shout on Sunday and live like the devil on Monday because they do more to turn their children off from God than anything. I'm just telling you, listen to me. I'm going to say it this way. Y'all, I preached a few years ago about passion. I'm a passionate person. Whatever I do, I'm passionate. We went kayaking. I, I always want to be, you know, whatever I do, I want to be first. I want to be passionate. I do it with all my heart. I enjoy, listen, I enjoy life. If I ride my bike, I ride it passionately. If I play golf, I play it passionately. If, if, whatever I do, listen to when I swim, I'm just telling you, my wife said when I get in the tub, I make so much, uh, uh, I splash so much water. I just bathe passion. Whatever I do, I... God just made me that way. But listen to me. Hear me. Passion. You can see it. 
You can feel it, and you're going to hear it. Tell me what you're passionate about. Let me just tell you, I love, I, I like uh, New Orleans Saints, but that's not my passion. I love playing golf, but it's not my passion. It's one of the things I enjoy to do. But listen, when I get on the golf call, Jesus is still my passion. When I go to the Saints game, Jesus is still my passion. When I go to the gym, Jesus is still my passion. Whatever I do, listen to me. If you keep Jesus at the center, I want to tell you, then he'll, he'll bless whatever you do. That's why he'll give you life and life to the full. Because Jesus is the center. The problem is we begin to make other things our passion. And I want to tell you, anything that becomes your passion other than Jesus becomes an idol in your life. And whatever you're passionate about, I want to tell you, listen to me, it's, it's fire. You, you look at it. If, if, if the daddy loves saints and all he talk about is saints, what do you think the children going to do? If the daddy love LSU football and that's all he talk about, what do you think the children going to do? But if the daddy loves Jesus and all he talk about is Jesus, what do you think they're going to do? Because passion is caught. It is seen. It is heard. And we have a generation. We're passionate about so many things except Jesus. Let me just tell you. Let, let, I, I, I can tell you what you're passionate about. Just let me look at what you're always talking about. Let me see what you're always posting on Facebook. Let me see. That's what tells me what you're passionate about. How I many you know? I don't have to guess what you're passionate about. Let me just listen to your word. I'm not talking about on Sunday morning. Everybody put on a church face for Sunday. I'm talking about on Monday. I'm talking about on Saturday. I'm talking about, I'm talking about on the job. God is looking for people who are mild. Hear me, parents. Nothing will mess up children's lives. I've seen more messed up people that come out of the church. I'm just, listen to me. That's why I say, stop bringing your children to church. Oh, that's going to preach all over the internet. Come on, they're going to pull. Twitter, pastor says, stop bringing your children to church. That's what's messing them up. Go ahead and post it. But literally, hear me carefully, nothing has distorted, confused a generation like bringing them to church rather than being the church. Children can't handle it when they see us shouting, dancing on Sunday, and we cussing, you heard what I said, and we cussing when we get at home. They can't handle it. Something ain't fine right. I see, I see them shouting and talking about Jesus. But then when they're at home, they're cussing and they're doing it. Something ain't right. So listen, what, here, here's the secret. This is what God told the children of Israel in Deuteronomy. Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God is one. Say the Lord is one. In other words, the Lord must be number one. Who's number one in your life? Look at somebody and ask them that question right now. Come on, touch somebody right now. Say, who's number one in your life? And tell them, don't lie. Come on, tell who's number one in your life? Come on, who's number one? Is it your job? Is it your car? Is it your family? Is it, what is number one in your life? What is number one in your life? Come on, ask him. Come on, ask him. What is number one in your life? Now listen to what he said. Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God is one. This is called the Shammah. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, and with all your strength. 
And these words which I command you shall be in your heart. I want to tell you, listen to me. If you want your children to be passionate, if you want the next generation, if you want to influence your grandchildren, if you want to influence your nieces and nephews, I want to tell you, this has to be central. Jesus must be number one. He must be first in your heart. You must love him. I'm not saying you're perfect. None of us perfect. We're all sinners who've been saved by the grace of God. We all miss them all. But I want you to know that when Jesus comes into your heart, when he comes into your life, something changes. They will see it. They will see it. They will see it. Somebody say amen. They will see it. They know it. I want to tell you, you don't have to say anything. You can walk in the ballroom. I want to tell you, just a few weeks ago, I went in the Laplace Daiquiri shop. When I walk in there, let me just tell you, they don't have to know that. I'm, I, don't ha I didn't have to say one word about Jesus. Guess what? Fire came on the inside. Light came on the inside. They knew that something was in there that wasn't supposed to be in there. Everybody, some people, I heard that one of my members, when he saw I was there, they, they ran the other way. You know why? Because when Jesus is number one, see, you want to know how you keep your children regardless of what environment or, or is around them. If they got a greater fire on the inside than what's on the outside, I know they're going to be all right. Can I have an amen? That, listen, we can't isolate our children, but we can insulate them. If you put a fire on the inside, then wherever they go, they can go in the daiquiri shop. And how I many you know Jesus will come out wherever they go because Jesus is number one. Somebody say amen. And if you and I want to reach and influence the next generation, we have to once again make our greatest passion Jesus. He must be number one. I want to tell you, that's what kept getting Israel and the problem over and over again. They began to put stuff as number one. They began to put material possessions as number one. They began to put idols as number one. Americans have done the same thing. We have forgotten the God who made us great. I want to tell you, listen to me. If you, listen, God is not against stuff. But if, if you're loving stuff more than God, it becomes an idol in your life. Can I have an Amen. And we must come to a place. I challenge, I challenge, listen, if, if I can't give it away, it, I don't have it, it has me. I must say that again. Anything that I have that I cannot freely give, if God said, Neil, I want you to give it all away, I no longer have it. It has me. And Jesus said, if you love anything more than me, you cannot be my disciple. I want to tell you, I love my wife. I love my children. They mean more than anything to me next to Jesus. But I want you to know, I'll say this to anyone here. I want you to know, Jesus is number one. Not, not Angela, not Amber, Kristen, Justin, Elena, not Israel, Chloe, or Kylie. I love them to death. But Jesus is number one. Can I have an amen? Come on, somebody say amen. And if they ever begin to take the place of Jesus in my life, I want to tell you, I'm losing the fire. We got to keep Jesus as central. I want to tell you, the Bible says, hear me, we're talking about we got to be an example to follow. The Bible says in Proverbs 27, the righteous man walks in his integrity and his children are blessed after him. Integrity means being honest and whole. Integrity means, listen to me, I, I, I got to come down here. 
Integrity, hear me, I want y'all to look at me. Integrity means, Kim, it means what I am in my home is what I am on the pulpit. That means I'm whole. I'm not, I'm not one way in here and one way out there. Integrity means what I am at the beach is the same thing I am behind the pulpit. That's what integrity, integrity means that I'm going to operate the same way when I do business when I, than when, I, when I'm on pulpit. See, that's what being whole is. I'm not, I'm not schizophrenic. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not segregated. I'm, I'm one person. I'm a whole person. Integral is where we get the word integer. It means a whole number. I'm not, a, I'm not split up. My passion's not one way here, one way there. No, I'm the same. Can I have an amen? And when you and I purpose to be people of integrity, that Jesus is everything. Think to me. Come on. I want you to know children will be blessed because of your integrity. Can I have an amen? And so we must get back to modeling it. Don't be shocked. Don't be shocked if you are passionate about football, baseball, basketball, volleyball, dance more than Jesus. Now, how do I know that? Listen to me, I've been around a while. I've seen children grow up in this church, and I've seen people have grandchildren here. I've seen them will miss church on Sunday to run across state to bring them to a volleyball, baseball, basketball game. Listen, I'm not against all that. My kids play sports, hear me. But what you communicate to them is that when you won't make them make Jesus and honor God first, but you will go cross land and sea to go to every sport, uh, physical sporting activity, you communicate to them that sporting activity is more important than Jesus. And we have a generation who's communicated the church. Be surprised when your children grow up and say, well, I'm not interested in church. Because it's what we model. Again, I don't want you to bring them to church anymore. If you can't be the church, you're doing them a disfavor. You're harming them. You're causing them to be schizophrenic because they say, well, well, I see y'all act one way at home, but you act somewhere different on Sunday. That's schizophrenia. Listen, how many of that's, that's called a mental disorder? Stop. Listen, we, the church is full of some mental disorder people. <laughs> Somebody just threw a rock. That's all right. I got the angels up here. <laughs> Hear me, parents. I'm pleading with you. It's better to be a heathen. I'm being honest with you. I want you to look at me carefully. It's better to be a heathen than to be a lukewarm Christian. Jesus said this. I wish you are either hot, burning for me, or rather you be cold, don't want to have anything to do with me. But because you're lukewarm, I will spit you out of my mouth. Now, is that the Bible or is that me? That's the, isn't that the Bible? Revelation chapter 3. Is that, is that in your Bible? And I am saying to you, we have to, the American church as a whole is lukewarm. We, we have become just like the church at Laodicea. We, we, we're not hot or we're not cold. And I want to tell you, sometimes one of the most, the greatest challenge for every pastor is how do you keep people on fire when they're so much distracted? There was a time members wouldn't have thought nothing about, uh, you know, 
making sure the house of God is first. Oh yeah, I know they got essence going on, but I'm going to church first. I know this going on, but I'm going. I know the undue festival going on, but I'm going to church first. But how I many we got a generation? I'm going whatever whatever intervene in it, whatever they consider important they're going to miss church for that and so the average christian i'm just let's just get real with it and again i'm not talking about going to church i'm talking about being the church you know why i go to church wherever i go when i go on vacation i'm going to find a place to worship because you see it's who i am and because christians find a place to gather with other christians to worship is because that's who we are see i want to love god with my whole heart and whether i have church on the beach whether i have church let me just say i'm going to find other christians to gather with so that we can worship God. Can I have an amen? So I want to be in the house of the Lord so I can gather with others and have a place of worship. Can I have an amen? And that's why we come together. We ought to want to, when they say, listen, I've come here because I want to come. I'm like David. I am glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house. How many are glad this morning? How many came? Listen to, no, 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 no. Don't let, let. Some people, they're not glad. <laughs> They, they're really not glad. They're like, oh, boy, I want to get out of here quick. But I want, to, I want you to know that should be when Jesus is central. This is how you know. When Jesus is central, you want to find time to love him. When he's important, you want to find time to be with him. My wife never had to hold a gun to my head to want me to date her, to want me to talk to her. We couldn't wait to talk and get, because we loved one another. I wanted to be in her presence. I wanted to spend time with her. I wanted to spend my money on her. I didn't have much. <laughs> but what I had, I wanted, listen to me. I didn't ha- she didn't have to pr- convince me, bribe me, anything. Because when you love somebody, how many of you, when you love somebody and you're passionate about it, you want to be with them. You want to spend time. You want to spend your resources on them because that's what you want to do. Then, and likewise, if we love God, I want to be with him. How many want to be with him? How many want to spend time with him? How many love him? See, here's the key. You don't have to tell nobody. You don't have to put a bumper sticker. You don't have to buy a t-shirt and say, I, I love Jesus. Let me just tell you. Let me just say, I'm not against any of that. But I want you to know that when you love Jesus, people can see it. They can feel it. Uh, they can hear it. Because I want you to know that's something on the inside. It exuberates from you. Listen to me. We, people will know that you know. They'll know you're my disciple because of your love one for another. That's something that people should be able to see. Because whatever you talk about, if you talk about the stock market all the time, I could tell what's first. If you talk about football all the time, let me just tell you, if Jesus is first, you're going to want to talk about him. Can I have an amen? So we got to model it. How many of you want to reach the next generation? How many of you want to train the next generation? I'm, I don't know about you. Listen, I'm, con- I'm convinced that they want fire. They don't want hypocrisy. They don't want, they don't want a pseudo-Christianity. They want people that say, listen, I want people that's going to be whole. What you're all back here is what you're all out there. Listen, just be, like the young folks say, just keep it real. Look at somebody and say, keep it real. Come on, they didn't hear Tell somebody, keep it real. Come on, come on, tell somebody, tell somebody, stop being fake. Say, keep it real. Paul said, keep it real, keep it real. Paul said this, follow my example 
as I follow Christ. I want to ask all of you an honest question. If we shut down new wines today, close it, lock the doors, whatever. Do your children have enough of God and what they see on Sunday morning on what they see out in their home that they're going to follow God and live for him if the, door, if the church door is closed? I've gone to countries. I've been to China. The church doors are closed. I've been to Russia where the church doors was closed. I've been to, 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 to nations of the world where, where there's hostility. They got to sneak out and gather. And, and, but you know what? Because the church door, the church door might be closed because churches on the inside of them, they can burn the building down. They're going to still have church because they are the church. See, that's what I want you and I come to the agreement, understanding that, listen, it's not about a building. It's not about, it's about Jesus. Some of us love the building more than we love Jesus. We can be guilty. Let me just say, we can be guilty. I want, let me just say, I, I've seen it. I had a, I had a, a, a person, who, a, a, a husband told me this. My, my, my wife, she come to church every time the door open. She don't cook. She don't clean. She listened to me. He went on to say, listen, she, she and he, he just began to say, listen, if that's what Christianity, this man told me this. Listen, he said, if that's what Christianity is, I don't want no part of it. My wife, you know, he said, listen, he told me, her, he told me in the presence of God, he said, you don't know my wife. You see on church, she smiles. She said, she's the meanest person you'll ever know. She listen, she, she ain't, she's not a good wife. She do it. And he went on to say, and all she could, all she, she could, she couldn't defend herself. She couldn't say, the best counsel I could have told that woman, I said, woman, you just need to stay at home and learn to be a good husband, go to church, and a good mother, and, a, and, and learn to let your light shine in your home. And then when you decide to go to church, then your children will see a difference. Can I have an amen? They will live with us in exactly the same way we live with them. What's important to you? Let me see your checkbooks. Let me see your calendar. And that's what's important to you. Wherever you, Jesus said, where your treasure is, there will your heart be. If we tip Jesus and we splurge on everything else, that's what we communicate. Jesus is just worth the tip. We can find time for everything else. It's amazing how i only been preaching 30 minutes. If I preach five more minutes, I'm going <laughs> to end early. But hear me. Our children need more than anything. They need an example to follow. They desperately need it. Our grandchildren need an example to follow. I'm going to share. You got time for one more? It's 1031. Can I share one more? I'm going to see. I don't know. I want to feel the. Oh, do I have a chance for one more? Some shaking their heads. They no, no, no. Stop right there. Can I, can I share one more? One, I got one more. One more. I got five people. One person, two people, three people. What? what, what? 
One more, Brother Anthony. Uh, Brother Anthony, my guest, he said, I got one more. Listen to him. Hear me. If we're going to train the next generation, we must establish relationships and not rules. <laughs> Ephesians 6, 4 in the Message Bible said, Fathers, don't exasperate your children by coming down hard on them. Take them by the hand and lead them in the way to the master. Our children are starved for relationship. Do you know that with all of the social media and folks got 5,000 friends, suicide is epidemic. We have more people lonely than ever before. Social media will never satisfy their relationship needs. They don't want your stuff. Take your time. Say it with me. Love is spelled T-I-M-E. We must learn to have meaningful communication. We must spend time with them. I'm grateful. I, I, I. I am humbled by the fact that I have four adult children who love Jesus. I got three grandchildren, one on the way. They're going to love Jesus. They're going to serve the Lord. I'm humbled and I'm grateful. I shake at the fact that I almost destroyed my children because there was this time in my life where I was so rule-oriented and I neglected relationships. Can I share my own shortcoming with y'all? It's all right. I was a church addict. Anybody ever been a church addict? Bust the church door down at every event, sign up for volunteer everything. But neglected relationships with the people that I love dearly. When my young when my children became teenagers, you know, they, they, you, could, you could whip them into submission only so long. I'm a disciplinarian. You can whip them into discipline only so long. When they began to be teenagers, they come to that place where I might be sitting on the outside, but I'm standing on the inside. It ain't good enough just to give them rules anymore. Now, I remember this clearly when one of my children's Look me square in the face. I was about to throw down. You know, I, I was from that school. I brought you into this world. I'm going to take you out. I know y'all don't believe in that no more. But I was about to, I mean, we, we, we was, we, it, was, it was heated. And it looked me square in the eye. Because I said, well, I know you and you did so and so. Say, they looked me square in the eye and say, you don't know me. When the last time you spent time doing this with me? When the last time you went to this with me? When the last time you did this with me? You don't know me. My flesh wanted to act, but the Holy Spirit, right there, got a hold of me. They're right. You've been so busy doing church, going to church, you failed to be the church. And I almost lost my children. And I realized 
stop. I missed it. I've been so rude oriented. That Lord, I neglected to just love them, to spend time with them, to build relationship with them, to find out what's important with them, to compliment them. I said, God, you help me, Lord. Help me to change my ways. Help me to be a good father. Because, Lord, I've messed it up. And I asked God, Lord, if you would give me another chance, I'm going to make good on loving them the way you want me to love them. And I had to change some things in my life. I had to make some major adjustments. And I had to begin to let them know that they were more important than the church. I didn't say Jesus Christ. They were more important than the church. They were more important. I need to let them know that they were more important than my being a successful pastor. They were my priority. And I want to tell you, I made some changes in my life. And I began to say, you know what? What's important to you is going to be important to me. Instead of just hearing but not hearing. Any of you ever did that? You're cheering, talking, you're listening, but you're really not listening. Instead of just not listening, I began to say, you know, I'm going to hear their heart. And you know what? It didn't happen overnight. It didn't happen. But gradually, I began to earn their trust. Gradually, they began to be open and they began to say, well, you know, I can talk to my daddy. He's not going to yell at me. He's not going to uh, fuzz. He's not going to. He would listen to me. You know, we can be so, we can come to the place. We, 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 we fussing so much. They, we don't have time to listen. And we can lose them that way. And I came to a place. I said, you know what? I'm going to listen. It's amazing what you can learn from cheer. Anybody discover you can learn a whole lot from them? How many of you discovered you could? How, how many of you discovered as parents we don't know it all? I said, how many of you discovered we don't know it all? And sometimes we'll just listen. If it means sometimes changing your job. Because I want to tell you, listen to me. It's going to get awfully lonely to have a house and have no love in it. It gets awfully lonely to have all kinds of stuff with no family around you. Awfully lonely. You get awfully lonely. I am a rich man today. Filthy rich. I am. I am rich. I am rich. I'm rich because of simply this. I got a wife who loved me and I love her. I got four children who love me and I love They like being with me. I got three grandchildren who I love and they love me. If, if I didn't have nothing else, I'm just telling you, I'm a filthy rich man. Y'all looking at a rich pastor? Oh, yes, I, 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 I'm filthy rich. I'm just telling you, listen to me. If I didn't have anything else, I'm just telling you, God, you have made me rich. You've made me rich. But I learned to make what's important to them.
important to me. I stopped being a rude person, and I started building relationships. You know what happened? And I, I've learned, someone said, relationships are the bridge that Jesus used to walk right across into their heart. And you know what happened? Listen to me, man. When I began to put aside my rules and my fussing and all of that and begin to just build relationships, help me to understand you. Help me to know you. Help me to be... We need our children to help us. When I begin to put that, all of a sudden, Jesus began to walk right across the relationship, right into their heart. There came a place in every one of their lives where they, they didn't want rules, but they said, Dad, I want the relationship you got. I see you love Jesus, and that's what I want. They don't want rules. Hear me, everybody. They want a relationship. Jesus didn't come to bring a bunch of rules. He came to bring a relationship. And if we are going to train the next generation, we're going to have to build relationship. Let me just tell you, that's why I got a rule. When we sit at home and eat, put the phones down, put the social media, we're going to have time together. We're going to fellowship together. Can I have an amen? Come on, listen. That's a good rule for all of us. Let me just say, when you sit down, tell them the phone's up. We're going to talk to one another. I don't care if you, the things you want to say to me, I don't want to hear. I want to give you opportunity to talk. Do you know that it's becoming almost a dying art that parents don't, that families don't even sit down to eat together anymore. That family, they get together and one in this room, one in that room, one watching the TV in that room, and they don't even have no time where they communicationship, fellowship, and they build relationship. I want to tell you, Christianity is a relationship with Jesus Christ and a relationship with his people. I want that we got to model it in our home. Children will walk across and they want to have a relationship. And if we will build relationship, let me just say, I'd rather, listen, if I means I got to leave the job I got so I can spend more time at home, God, I'm willing to give it all away. Let me just say, some of you, you need to hear what I'm saying today because you, you're so busy giving them stuff, but you don't have no time for relationship. I done, I done, I done killed a, that's an American idol right there. That, 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 that's, that's a, that's a big one right there. Because I want to tell you, the American, the American God, I done been, I done been to India. They got three million idols. You ever, you ever, in your, some of you never been to India, but they got temples with all kinds of grotesque gods and figures. They worship all kinds of idols. But I want to tell you, we got, we got gods here. I come back to America, I realize that we've become much like India in many ways. We're an idol nation. We might not, we might not um, make them the same kind of gods they are, but we have our own gods. Sometimes our gods is material success. Sometimes our gods is, is, is fame and fortune. We, 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 we worship all kinds of things. And I had to realize, Lord, it ain't worth it. I do a funeral almost, I'm at a funeral or doing a funeral almost every week now. Am I just getting at that age? I don't know. But I, I, I've been at a funeral. I, this year alone, this is, this is only half of the year. There's 52 weeks in the year. I've been at least 20 funerals. At least. At least. One thing I'm reminded, my baseball coach, who coached me Little League Baseball yesterday, he, he died and we funeralized him right here. One thing I'm reminded Every time I do a funeral, some of you, that's maybe you need to come to more funerals. Because it's a reminder, you brought nothing in this world. And you ain't taking nothing out. And it reminds you, listen to me. Here, here was his testimony. 
He waited till the end of his life. I'm glad he gave his life to Jesus. But most of his life, he didn't live for Jesus. Most of his life, he didn't follow the Lord. I want to tell you, I don't want to waste my life. I don't want to waste one moment. I will be 57 in just a few months. I don't know. I, I, I hope I live to 90. But I want it to be said if I die at 57, God, he lived to the full. He burned his life for Jesus. He spent every energy on loving God. I want to tell you that my living won't be in vain. I've already told my children what to do if I die. Listen, this is how I want you to handle it. You know, this is what I want you to do. I have to tell, you know, my wife don't like me to talk like that, but I tell them, I, I brought them in. This is where all my financial assets, your mama not going to be able to handle it all, but this is what you do. I just tease with the Amen. But I kind of already gave them instructions. I want to, because I want to live my life every day if it's my last. And if I die, listen, you need to say, y'all might cry. Some of you going to, some of you might not. But listen to me. What I want you to be able to say is that he lived with passion. He lived for Jesus. He lived to the full. If I stop being passionate, some people say, well, why do you get so passionate when you preach? Listen to me. If the day come when I'm no longer passionate about Jesus, find you another pastor. Because I want to tell you, I only, I only want to live for Jesus as long as I'm loving him with all my heart. When the day come when I don't love him with everything that's in me, it's time for me to give up this thing. Can I have an amen? Let's close in a word of prayer. Come on, let's pray. I want to close by praying for this. Listen to me. Hear me. I want to speak to all you next generation. I wrote it down. Next generation, I want to speak to you. I gave my life when I was 18. I'm closing, kidding. Jesus has been everything to me. I want every person under the sound of my voice, you 18, between 18, they call you millennials. You're born between 1980 and the year 2000. That means right now that you're either between between. 8, 17 and 36 or 37 or that, 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 that's a millennial age, that generation. They, they, you're the largest generation in America. Y'all are the, the, not only our future, but you're our present. But you're going to take the torch. If you're a millennial, you say, listen, Pastor, I want to live my life fully for Jesus. You're the next generation. I want you to just come to this altar right now, right quick, because I want to lay my hands on you. I want to I want to pray for you right now. You say, I want to live fully for him. Come on. Come on right now. 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 Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on right now. Come on. I was thinking this morning, you know, if I die, I'm all right. Because look, look who, look who's going to lead the church. Come on, let's thank God. These are the people going to lead the church. Come on, listen to me. Come on, let's thank God for that. Oh, yes. Listen to me. Listen to me. I'm all right, Tedrick. I'm so glad you, you're in. I'm telling you, listen, these are the people going to lead the church. And so I feel good about that. You know, I feel good about that, Kim. I, I really do. I feel good. But I know that that's more. And listen to me. I want some of you out there, I want you to stand and stretch your hands toward me. Because... I want to say first of all to every one of you, I apologize where we have not been examples of what it means to live for Jesus. I apologize for every father who 
wasn't there. I apologize for every mother who was so busy making a lot living that they failed to impart Jesus. I apologize for every church and church leader who focused more on going to church than being the church. And where we have been guilty of giving you religion without relationship, I'm asking you to forgive us. Where we've presented anything other than an abundant, rich, satisfying life. I want to tell you, Jesus is the best thing that ever happened to me. Hear me. That's what I want you more, more than anything. I know what it's like to get drunk and throw up my guts and realize it's empty, it's meaningless, it's nothing. I know what it's like to search in all the wrong places. And that was and it was empty. But I'm telling you today, when I found Jesus, 38 years ago, he became everything to me. I love him so much. And that's what I want y'all to have. I don't want you to have a religion. I want you to have a relationship that you love him more than anything. Because hear me, people are going to disappoint you. Family's going to disappoint People are going to mess, mess up. But Jesus, I'm telling you, he's never failed me. He's never disappointed me. I'm telling you, he's been so good to me. And I, that's what I want you to have. And this morning, I want to just pray for you. When I was praying for this man, I said, God, give us a, a, a generation of young people that just love Jesus, that want him more than anything. I'm going to pray for you. Stretch your hand. I'm going to lay hands on you. And I'm going to pray that, listen, that, that you are going to receive an impartation, not just information, but that it's going to fire, a fire that's going to burn on the inside of you. I didn't have to wait for nobody to tell me, listen. I begin to find ways to serve God. That's what I'm praying. There's gifts and talents on the inside of every one of you. I'm just telling you, you are important. You're special. God loves you. you, you you're going to do something great for the Lord. God, I thank you this morning for these young people. And God, I'm asking you this morning that you bridge the love, bridge the gap between the love they got and the love they needed. Let the love of Jesus melt every hard place. Let them fall in love with you so much that you'll mean everything to them. Father, I pray that you'll set a fire down in their soul that they can't contain, that they can't control, that they'll want more, 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 God. Come on, God. A passion for you. A passion that wherever they go on the college campus, in the high school, in the workplace, God, that, Lord, that they will see a fire on the inside. Come on, God. That's what they need, God. A fire. A fire of the Holy Ghost. Come on, God. Let the fire of the Holy Ghost burn on the inside of them, Lord. Lord, let it light a fire today, God. Come on, Jesus. Do it, Lord God. I'm asking you, Lord God, a fire. Come on, God. Let them know that, God, 
whatever you said, God, if they forget their community sins, it shall be forgiven in them. God, let them know that you're not a God who come to condemn them, but you came to save them. Oh, God, I'm asking you today. Today, Lord God, let them not wallow in guilt of the past. Let them not wallow in the disappointment of the past, but let them know that their future is so much greater. So, God, I pray that today for some forgetting those things that are behind them, pressing towards those things that are ahead. Let them press towards the mark, God, that you have so much great thing. God, thank you for this young man. There's leadership in his life. I thank you that, God, right now, let him know that, God, that you've given him abilities and talents but to serve the Lord Jesus Christ. God, I pray that even now that he will serve you and make a difference in his generation in the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you for this young man. God, I thank you that they're unique. Let them know that you make no one the same. You didn't make an accident, God, in the name of Jesus. I pray let a fire burn, a fire for you, Lord God. Do it in the name of Jesus. Let them live for you unashamedly. God, I thank you. I thank you, Lord God, a passion, Lord God. They're unique, God. They're not going to do it the way I did it, God. Then they're going to be different, God. But, Lord, they're going to love you with everything that's in them, God. I thank you for it in the name of Jesus. God, I thank you right now in the name of Jesus. Come on, God. You do what only you can do. Come on, church. Pray with me. In the name of Jesus, let fire, let fire, let fire, let fire, let the fire of God, let the fire of God, God, every ability, every talent, let it be used for your glory, God. Come on, God. I thank you, Lord God. Use them mightily. Use them mightily, Lord God, in the name of Jesus. Come on, God. Let them not be overwhelmed. Just as he said early, God, you didn't make it complicated. You made it simple. My burden is easy. My yoke is light. God, everything, every burden that they've been carrying that's not of you. Today, Lord God, we're throwing it down. We're taking up your burden and your calling. In the name of Jesus. God, I thank you. I thank you. You're grabbing hold of his life. Oh, God, let him see that, Lord, living for you is fun. It's exciting. It's full of joy. Joy unspeakable. Joy unspeakable. Joy. 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 Joy of the Holy Ghost. Joy of the Holy Ghost. In the name of Jesus. Fill him, Lord God. Light a fire. Light a fire, Lord God. Light a fire. Light a fire. Light a fire. Come on, God. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come on, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. God, I thank you. I thank you, Lord God. Come on, stir up those gifts. Stir up those gifts. Stir up those gifts. Come on, God. Do it right now. Do it in the name of Jesus. Come on, God. Do it in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Come on, God. Oh, God, I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord, God. Your word says the eyes of the Lord go to and fro to find the person whose heart is completely here, that he might show himself strong. God, I thank you that you're going to show yourself strong. Come on, God. You've never failed one of your good promises. You said it, Lord God. Come on, let reminder that, God, that you've never once failed of one of your good promises. And those who put their trust in you will never be made ashamed. Come on, God. I thank you now, Lord. I pray that, Lord, there will be a greater zeal, a greater fire, a greater, a greater anointing. Come on, God. Stir up every gift. Come on. That's it. Come on. In the name of Jesus. Open the S.E. Open our mouth. Fill it, God. In the name of Jesus. Do it right now. 
Do it right now. Do it right now. Father, I thank you. I thank you. Oh, I thank you. I'm telling you, the Holy Ghost is up here. I'm telling you. Come on, God. I thank you, God. These are precious in the sight of the Lord. Come on, God. I thank you, Lord, God. You see these? They're not waiting until they get old. They're going to serve the Lord in their youth, God. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come on, God. They're going to fulfill every purpose. Fulfill every vision. Every dream. Oh, God, you're going you're gonna to do it in their lives. In the name of Jesus. Stir it up. Come on, God. Robo shata. Oh, I feel it right now. Come on, God. No longer shy and timid. No longer intimidated. Come on. But God, I thank you that coming a boldness from the Holy Ghost in the name of Jesus. Do it right now, Lord. Do it in the name of Jesus.